Oh, baby, we are back on the microphones in what feels like a forever break after our week hiatus. We are back in 2022 with episode 77 of the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Jack, as I just said, did, was it just me or did it feel like forever ago we recorded our last episode, the Christmas special? No, it it definitely did feel like a long time. That was a really fun episode. It was nice to uh, be in person again, but I think we're we're due to get back here on the mic in uh, in 2022 here. So I'm excited to be back. I swore we had to have taken at least a month off. It felt like I know it feels like forever. <laughs> it's like forever. It feels like forever. Well, it's funny because I feel like each like Monday, each podcast when we record these comes up so fast. Like, dang, podcast again already tonight. But then those two weeks off felt like forever. Not even two weeks. It's been two weeks since we recorded, but only one week since we didn't upload. So I don't know. Strange. Yeah. <clears throat> strange. Very strange. But regardless, we're back. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed um, not only our week off, but I hope you all had some personal time off to uh, reflect, recuperate, rejuvenate, and uh, anything else I forgot. So um, I don't know. How about you, Jack? Like, how was your break? What did you do to rejuvenate yourself uh, my, my break was solid uh unfortunately we had some uh an outbreak a covid outbreak uh turns out our our christmas gathering was a what they like to call a super spreader uh, uh. nowadays but uh yeah it, it was it was just kind of a bummer you know we all we all took tests before at home tests no one who was uh showing up tested positive and then Basically, my entire family got it. So, uh, yeah, that was my break. But, um, you know, I, I was able to get out, get some golfing done uh, on my birthday, which was nice. And, uh, yeah, so I had a good break. The question is, who was the culprit? Who is patient zero in the Agner household? That's the thing. We don't <laughs> – it's tough to narrow it down. You it's really tough to narrow it down. In uh, in my household, my dad was definitely the first one who got sick, mm-hmm. but um, we were all feeling like a little bit of symptoms. Um, I don't think he's necessarily the one who started it at the gathering. Uh, he might have just he might have just snatched it from someone else. But um, you know that, that's just the world we live in. You gotta you gotta make sure you take care of your body. You know, let it rejuvenate. Mm-hmm. Get over this this COVID thing. Um, this is the second time I've had it. Definitely easier the second time. Welcome to the two-time uh, club. Welcome to the two-time club. Yeah, two-time club. Yep. Pretty exclusive. Proud <laughs> of my immunity, being able to get through it. But, yeah, this is what it is. The train rolls on. Yeah, the train rolls on. I, uh, I spoke to Jack about this earlier, and I uh, checked it on the family. It sounds like everyone's doing good, healthy for the most part, so that's that's good to hear. But, um, yeah, it's hard to narrow it down. We had some, we had some scares in our holiday events too where we thought someone may have been sick or you know was it this was it not you know that kind of thing so i'm sure a lot of you out there dealt with it but i hope everyone got through it i hope everyone's families are healthy for the most part throughout the holidays never a good time to get sick in the holidays but um myself i didn't do anything too crazy over the holidays either um i wasn't sick thankfully but i did we had the old christmas eve vigilia as i mentioned on the christmas special so that went real well um was good time good food good people um, went over to my dad's brother's house, my uncle, on Christmas Day. I had a good time with that side of the family, and then um, actually headed up, up to northern Michigan for a couple days um, for the new year. I did buzz back downstate for New Year's Eve to hang out with my buddies, but real low-key, just had a little uh, house gathering with about seven people. So nothing too crazy. Yeah. Had a good time, though. Um, excited for the new year. Um, I guess... Like I said, it's a good time to reflect, too, you know. I think like that time between Christmas and New Year's Eve is kind of like a time where not a whole lot's going on. You get time to think about the year the year prior and then look forward to the next year. So what do you think, looking back at 2021, was like maybe your personal highlight and then maybe the MLW highlight for you? Yeah, um, it's crazy. It is interesting to reflect. Uh, I feel like it's been a long year looking, looking back. I feel like it's been a long year. Sometimes time flies, but I think that, um, you know, my personal highlight, uh, which happens to be a team highlight was just, um, winning our conference championship this year, the 2021 NEC championship. Uh, my team went through a lot, a lot of adversity with COVID and, uh, injuries. And it was really awesome just to be able to be a part of that, get a, 
get a solid ring uh, mm-hmm. that I That's get to sweet. show off. You know, give uh, give Virginia all we had in in the, the NCAA tournament. That was really a highlight of uh, my year for sure, and a memory I'll never forget. Uh, MLW wise, I just I had a great season this year with the guys. Obviously, I think uh, the the trade I made for for Bonham I think puts the Magic in a great spot going forward. I'm really happy where the organization's at. I think uh, being able to knock the Predators out of the playoffs was uh, was kind of a highlight for me in a way, um, just because you know they they have kind of been um, a contender here mm-hmm. in the American League, and it was kind of nice uh, just to. Just to once again sneak into the playoffs, make a little bit of noise. Uh, hats off to the Wildcats, obviously. But overall, mm-hmm. you know, looking back, uh, really, really happy with with the Magic season. Uh, my year personally as a whole, don't really have a ton of regrets, um, which which I which is always a good thing. So great thing. You never yeah. want regrets. You never want regrets. No, you don't. You definitely don't want to come. You know, to the end of the year, it's December thirtieth, thirty first, and you're like, man all these things I wish I would have done. Yeah. You never want to be like that. Um, I don't feel that way at all. I'm excited for 2022. So how about you, Tom? What were your, uh, what were your highlights through 2021? Um, well, I'd say, first of all, I'm not a D one athlete, like Mr. Swagner over here. So mine are less cool, but I'd say my, <laughs> my personal highlight was probably just, uh, graduating college, Michigan state with my engineering degree. I mean, I'll be honest, guys, a couple years ago, I mean, I, I, I thought I'd do it, but there's some days that are rougher than others, and you're thinking, man, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if I have what it takes to do this. That's but huge. It's once, huge. I, once I got to, like, freshman and sophomore year, I knew I would make it, but trust me, there were some, there were some days where I was doubting myself big time. So it was good to walk across that stage, grab that piece of paper, and uh, move past that part of my life, have your degree yeah. in hand, and you just got to worry about paying it off and what you're going to do with it, I guess. <laughs> Sometimes it's a more right. difficult decision and difficult process, but... Regardless, that was a highlight for sure, um, and that was in May, so that was a long time ago now. But it doesn't feel that long ago. And then um, MLW wise, I'd say I'll, I'll give two ones. I'll give one for I guess me personally as a player, and then one for the league as a whole. I'd say personally, even though the Mallards uh, were the worst team in the league by by a long shot, um, I'd say that drafting Caden, even though um, I guess maybe he didn't perform as well as I had wanted or he had wanted. Um, I still think it's a plus for us, and I uh, I enjoyed getting to know him. You know, we didn't really know each other too well, actually, during the season. Maybe that was part of the reason our chemistry was a bit off in terms of playing as a team. But him mm-hmm. and I traveled together um, to the Illinois MLW tournament, the um, the one we had in Peoria at the Louisville Slugger Complex. So just that, you know, six-hour car ride there, six-hour car ride back, we got to know each other a bit more, and uh, he's a good kid consider him a friend now and um you know we don't talk a ton but we're definitely definitely boys and i look forward to playing next year with him and then whoever we pick up in the draft and then as a whole i think probably this was the thing i was most surprised about in all of 2021 was just how well the whole mlw on tbs segment went because that was definitely a goal of ours as a league and as a group was to you know make it on some sort of major sports network and get some sort of segment like Kyle actually had like that exact goal written down and then when that opportunity got presented to ourselves we're like wow this is like from zero to a hundred you know TBS you know the postseason of MLB like as big as it gets so not only that did the opportunity sound great but then the end result was incredible you know like a whole five and a half minute segment of literally Kyle Schultz and Jimmy Norp with the entire cast of um, MLB on TBS, including, you know, legends, Ernie Johnson does the NBA stuff, you know, MLB mm-hmm. Hall of Famer, Pedro Martinez. So, you know, when you have expectations for something, you never know how that could go. Maybe Kyle and Jimmy had a great time and a great experience, but they only show, you know, a little 30-second snippet of it kind of thing, but it just was a really well-put-together piece that highlighted, you know, what we do, and Kyle's history a little bit. They touched on Jimmy's success and how he's, you know, a newer face in the league, and then the actual content of them facing the guys was just so cool, and I feel like it couldn't have gone any better for us. So I think that was one of the cooler things of 2021, too. Definitely, for sure. That was so awesome. I can't even, like, put it into words. The The first time that we got on SportsCenter Top 10, I think it was – I want to say it was Zach Pirock making, mm-hmm. like, an unbelievable snag. Mm-hmm. I remember watching that on SportsCenter Top 10 because Kyle was like, you know – 
hey, we made it on top 10, like be, be on the lookout. Yep. I remember watching that just going like, holy cow. Like I've watched so many sports center top 10s. Yeah. I can't even believe that this wiffle ball league that I've been playing in, had the pleasure to play in and be a manager and, you know, is now on sports center. And mm. then fast forward however many months or year later, and we got Jimmy and Kyle on this TBS segment throwing pitches hitting wiffle balls like it was just it was just so surreal it's so awesome to be a part of and that that really was a a huge highlight of 2021 for MLW yeah yeah I agree you know I'd say what about your low point Jack did you have an absolute low in 2021 that you were able to rebound from or working on rebounding from um hmm that's a good that's a really good question. Yeah, I I I hate to all keep talking about COVID, but in terms of a low point, um when I had COVID in the spring, uh th- the situation was just awful, if I'm being honest. I was basically uh sh- shelved away in the freshman dorm rooms where they put all the COVID uh positive students mm-hmm. and I felt like I was like I don't want to use the word prison because I hope to never end up there and can't imagine what it was like. But Uh I mean, you know, we have no outside contact with anyone whatsoever. Our food is being dropped off with a slam on the door and Mm -hmm. then shouting, you know, lunch. And we scurry to the door like animals to grab our food. And it was just not a really highlight, you know, in my life. I was like, wow, this is like miserable. This is pretty beat. The only thing that got me through it was that March Madness had just started. So there was basketball on like all day long. Yeah. Which was incredible. But that was that was definitely, I would say, uh, a low point. Just like I don't want it. This is just not where I want to be right now. But you know, you gotta mm-hmm. go through it. Like I said, train rolls on, keep yeah. pushing through. That's tough. So. That's tough. I um I wanted to ask you because I wanted to discuss mine, which was uh, my, my injury. As some of you guys know, I hurt myself, yeah. hurt my chest lifting back in March of last year. So like eight months ago now, nine months ago now. Crazy. It's been that long. But anyway, I pretty much couldn't work out um, all spring and all summer. Started to like do physical therapy in late summer and then began to get back into working out. Um, in the early fall and then into the fall started to gain some strength back. So not to hundred percent, but we're getting closer. But what I wanted to say is, so yeah, the chest is healing up, but something kind of funny happened to me on actually new year's Eve. So, Uh-oh. I mean, I said, it's kind of funny for now. It is funny. Cause I don't think it's too serious, but, um, before I came home downstate on new year's Eve, I was still up in that small town up North. And Jack, are you familiar with the sport of curling? <laughs> I am. I am. I've always wanted to try curling. It looks so fun. <laughs> I mean, who hasn't wanted to try curling, right? Yeah. So, believe it or not, in this tiny little town of, you know, probably a, a few hundred people max where we go up north, there's actually the Lewiston Curling Club. And we've driven past it for years and always said, we got to do that one day and, like, rent it out and curl. But we never did it, never did it. And then finally, this year, we're kind of looking for stuff to do and we're like, why don't we try curling? So we called, and on New Year's Eve, um, they were open, and no one was using it. So they actually had two instructors there for, like, a group of ten of us, like my family and I. And they taught us, you know, how to play and then, like, walked us through a game and everything like that. And it was, first of all, very challenging. It's hard to explain, but, like, you, you know, you use the momentum of your body after you push off to then, like, just, like, release the puck or the disc, whatever you want to call it, the rock. And then, like, just based on how hard you pushed off, that's how kind of how far it will go. Does that make sense? And mm-hmm. it like every time I did it, I was either too far, like, off the back of the target, or I'd come up short. It was so hard to get it perfect. But, like, yeah, um, it was fun, for sure. But anyway, had no issues. Had a good time. Um, it was cool to try it for once after watching it in the Olympics for all these years. So then I drive home, um, hang out with my friends on New Year's Eve, and then... I wake up Saturday morning and my right knee is just stiff as a rock, just hurt Uh-oh. to bend it. And I'm like, what the heck? I, I thought maybe it was from like, I slept on it funny. You know what I mean? And then I was like, well, maybe I twisted or something while we were curling. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I had a curling injury. So that was, we curled on Friday. Today's Monday. So that was three days ago. Now it still hurts. It still hurts. I haven't worked out since then. I've been trying to like, just let it heal. 
I've been icing it a little bit. I don't know what happened, but I think maybe I like twisted it yeah. funny. Because it's it's hard. Like when you push off with your right foot, like your back foot then just kind of hangs behind you. Right. So I, I was gonna just, say like, twisted weird. Uh, it better not be serious, or I'll yeah. be so mad. Well, I was gonna say like correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't watched in a while, but when you finish the motion. Or when you push off, you're almost on a knee, aren't you? Yeah, kind you're of? very, very close. You're very close to being on a knee. But you're not. But you're not actually on your knee. No, it's a little bit off the ground. Like you're kind of on like the mm-hmm. top of your foot as it's just sliding behind you. Like your toe is pointed. Okay. It's just sliding, you're, all, your, all your weight's in your left foot, and then you know in your right hand, which is on top of the puck. Okay. Because I was gonna say it could just be the repeated trauma of your knee hitting the ice for an hour and a half while you were there or something, but. It, that, uh, and that may have happened. Like, I may have fell on it and, like, don't remember it. And it's just a bruise. Mm-hmm. It doesn't appear bruised. I don't know. I mean, of course I'm worried about it because I hate being hurt. And it's not serious. Like, I can walk around fine. But it's just like, what happened and why? Why is this happening <laughs> to me? You know what I mean? I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what happened. Uh, another year went by and your body just got that much older. Yeah, Tom. why? That's exactly <laughs> what happened. <laughs> We're, I'm 22, man. We cannot be. I made a, I'm like Matt Stafford. I made a glass sometimes, I feel like. Maybe it's unrelated to curling, and maybe I did, like, sleep on it weird or twist it, like, that night with my friends. I don't know, but I just woke up, and it hurt, and I attributed it to curling injury. First kid ever to be yeah. hurt while curling. I mean, it could on. also just How It could also just be one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, could, it could just be one of those things where, uh, you know, you're not using a specific part of your body with the daily motions you're going through, and, I mean... That's the first time you've ever curled. I could imagine there's other parts of your body that are affected a little bit. And maybe maybe your knee just, just took a beating that day and you didn't even realize <laughs> that your adrenaline was off the charts. Uh, You're trying to lock in, trying to drop that I puck in close. getting really frustrated, I'll tell you that much. Like We, did, we had a two-hour session. I was ready to leave. I was like, this is so irritating. I can't get this perfectly. Because it's yeah. hard because, because there's so many people on your team, we were all rotating. Like, I really didn't get to throw that many pucks, like, in the game, mm-hmm. or what they were called, rocks, whatever. Um, so, like, yeah, you throw two and then have, uh, you know, five, ten-minute break, then throw two more. It's hard to get that muscle memory down of, like, doing it over and over again. So I was frustrated yeah. nonetheless. If any of you guys have curled out there and are listening, um, send us a DM on Instagram, pipe it up MLW. Let me know how your experience was because it's a tough game. It's, it's tough game. I mean, it's, it's very simple to, like, like I figured out how to slide off the off the little whatever they called them they're like like a platform basically i figured out out the motion and the mechanics of it within five minutes but then i could not get it perfect i had like one really good throw where i knocked two discs out at once it was cool but besides that i had to share with you guys that i was curling because i i guess we're a weird sports podcast here so might as well share that information right yeah based on my based on my bowling experience that i had over this break i probably wouldn't score a point in curling now that not that i know how the scoring actually works Mm -hmm. but i went bowling uh over the break and um hadn't bowled in a while uh i was atrocious i was very bad at bowling it was like one of the one of the few times in any recreational sport or sport in general one of the few experiences i've had where i was so severely embarrassed by my performance Bullying's and like- I was I was with uh, I was with my girlfriend and her and her parents and some of her family and it was basically just them the whole time trying to lift my spirits up as I throw another gutter ball um, and that 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 was just not a not a very not a highlight of my 2021 I'll say that right now and uh, speaking of bowling I don't want to get into it too much Jax I don't want to spoil the next video completely but if you guys yeah. didn't see on the MLW Wiffle Instagram already. The award show, this year's award show for 2021 season, um, we actually filmed at Brighton Bowl here in Brighton, Michigan, where we play MLW Wiffle Ball. So super fun experience, something new for us. And uh, Jack actually hosted that award show. So that'll be coming out this Friday at 4 p.m. on YouTube. Looking forward to you guys all seeing that. and We can uh, break down that experience on next week's pod. Oh yeah, super excited for that video. That was the first award show I was able to be a part of. Uh, somehow lucked out and was chosen to host it, which I, which I really enjoyed. So I'm really pumped for that video. I think you guys will like it a lot. Jack is so dedicated that his family actually delayed their trip to Florida by, <laughs> or to Georgia by a few hours so he could host the award show because we it was 
It's true. It came together very quickly, planning that event. So uh, we'll get into all the details on next week's show. But also, MLW news is um, Drew Davis, Coastal Cobra manager, one of the most, let's say, talked about players in MLW. Um, nice. He is going to be starting his own show on the MLW Patreon account called Raven Davis. If you guys haven't seen the little trailer that we posted on Instagram, go check it out. But it's essentially going to be Drew's own little vlog where he does, you know, MLW breakdowns. He does some traveling vlogs when we going on tournaments. He does some game day vlogs at the Meadows where he's walking around talking to guys between at-bats, stuff like that. Um, bonus content. Just Drew's daily life. You guys think Drew's crazy on the field? Well, let's see what he does off the field, that kind of thing. <laughs> so um, I'm interested to see what direction it goes. I, th- I think you look at it like, you know, a YouTube channel or this podcast, you know, obviously these things evolve over time. So I'm interested to see how this Raven Davis thing pans out, um, what direction yeah. Drew wants to take it in, what style he wants to do. Um, I think um, we're giving him a bit of freedom on this, so it'll be interesting to see. But, uh, Jack, how well do you know Drew outside of the game? Uh, <clears throat> um, you know, I would say that I know him fairly well, just as an individual. Um I'm pretty excited for this for this little this little project this little segment. I think Drew is uh, very creative. I think he'll do a really good job. I think it'll be awesome to give the fans a little bit more uh, content in terms of like the behind the scenes stuff because there is a, a lot that goes into uh, you know the end product of MLW, if you will. So I mm-hmm. think it'll be cool to see some of his vlogs, hear his opinions. Uh, We've obviously had discussions about Drew on this podcast. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he had some discussions about us on oh, yeah. his outlet now, which will always, which will always, you know, be exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm I'm pumped for it. I think it'll be awesome. Yeah, I think so too. And um, like you were saying, you know, Drew pretty well as an individual, um, as do I. And I think Drew sometimes thinks that he comes off not how he wants to in the game day footage, you know, on the MLW main platform and because drew just gets like so locked in and amped up for these wiffle ball games but i do think drew is a lot different than many people will think um in terms of how he lives his day-to-day life and his personality and you know what he's like outside of a wiffle ball field so i would encourage Mm -hmm. all of you who are you know fans of the league and have been following it for a long time and think you know drew davis to uh sign up for the patreon check out drew's vlog i think we're all going to get to see a different side of drew kind of unfold in front of our eyes this year. Like I said, I don't know how this show is going to end up, which direction he, you know, is going to favor in terms of really MLW-focused, really personal-focused. I don't know. I think he still has to find that balance as it kind of, um, as he gets a feel for it kind of thing, a lot like we do with this show. So I'm excited for it. And uh, like I said, all the information about the show and about the Patreon can be found on our Instagram at MLW underscore Wiffle, which I'm sure you guys already all follow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Jack, it's 2022. That's crazy to say. So it's 2022. So we are as far away from 2010 as 1998 was, which I wasn't even born in 98. I was born in 99. That's crazy. That is crazy. But years go by. Years go by. And uh, do you got any New Year's resolutions this year? Um, <clears throat> you know, I don't really think New Year's resolutions are the greatest thing in general just because uh, I, I feel like – I agree. If you want to change something, just go out and change it. Don't yes. wait for the next year to roll around to do it. Okay, that should be the you know the standard there. If I were to say, you know, one thing I want to improve on, one thing I want to do um, going forward, I think honestly this is like a really little thing, um, but I was thinking about it today. Just like going to bed earlier, like putting my phone away and just try actually falling asleep earlier. I feel like mm-hmm. I waste a lot of time um, that I could be sleeping and restoring energy, but I'm like sitting in my bed on my phone. Yeah. That's something in uh, in 2022 that I want to do a, 
have a little bit more conscious effort towards and do a better job. Yeah, I'm pretty big on that. Uh, but it's hard sometimes, right? Like if you're talking to someone, you're up, or if you have things to do, um, it's hard to like stay. It's hard to stay dedicated to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think if you like start going to bed earlier when you can, then like your definition of staying up late will change. You know what I mean? Right. Because like, what do you consider late right now for you? Like, what's a late night for you on like a weeknight? Uh, it would be like midnight. So when are you usually it would out? Be by? like kind of late. Hmm. When are you usually out by? Like eleven. Like when do I usually go to bed? Uh huh. Yeah, probably like uh, probably like eleven thirty. I would like to be like going to bed. If it's like twelve, twelve thirty, and I'm still looking at my phone or something, mm-hmm. that's like pretty. That's like pretty late for me. I don't need to be up that late. Yeah, I agree. It's not. I think in college I was around the same like eleven ish, eleven thirty. But like now I'm usually in bed by maybe ten. Usually like putting my phone down by ten thirty type of thing. But I think it's a great goal, honestly. Yeah. It really depends on who you are as a person, when you like to get stuff done. But the way I look at it is, like, I feel like most of the world, at least where we're from, kind of gets going around 8 a.m. So yeah. if you're starting any later than that as an adult, which me and you are both, you know, young adults here in our, into, our, into our professional days. So I feel like if you're in a habit of getting going later than that, it's a bit of a bad habit to be in. But at the same time, if you're disciplined and can get things done on a different schedule, I guess, be my guest but i think there's also some science behind like the circadian rhythms of going to sleep and getting up and all that kind of stuff that says you shouldn't like be staying up till three and waking up at noon type of thing every day i don't know if it's the healthiest for your body so yeah no. I, i'm usually down by 10 10 30 and then during the week i'm usually up early like 5 45 uh, but weekends i usually sleep until you know 7 30 or so because then your body your body clock just wakes you up you, like, you can't sleep in very long but it's good, re- good resolution jack and i like what you said I like how you let off. Uh, don't wait for the new year to, uh, to do something. Yeah. To me, I mean, that's, yeah, that's like a small, like something like that is like a small change, but yeah. people have large new year's resolutions. They're like, I'm going to get on, you know, a workout plan, which is yeah. like not always a big commitment, but it is a, it could be a big change for you. Don't wait to the new year to do that. Just do it when you think about it. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not talking here. Like I'm perfect. And I do this, and I'm like the greatest human being ever. No, not saying that at all. I'm saying I could better this too. But just from what I've observed from like people who are actually like successful and somebody out there, like yeah, don't wait. Well, usually when someone tells me their news resolution, like if it's a family member or a friend, they're like, oh, yeah, like I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose weight, or I'm gonna start working out, or I'm gonna do this. I'm in my head. I'm thinking that's not gonna happen because you're telling me this on December 10th. And if you really wanted it that bad, you'd be doing it right now. You know what I mean? Right. You're just, right. You just don't, you don't want to do it, so you're putting it off. And then you're like, okay, now I'm going to start doing it. But it, it doesn't last. People who start working out in January, how many people do you think finish the year off still working out like they were before? Maybe 15%, 20%? It's, pretty, it's so low. It's pretty, yeah. It's, it's pretty funny. Like I, In these last few years, I'm, I'm obviously at home in the winter, and – after the new year, like whatever gym I have a membership oh, yeah. to, it's just so crowded. Yeah. But it's it only lasts like two weeks. Yeah. It lasts like and a then month it's gone. Time. And then it's and then it's the same four people that you saw in there before the new year. Because it's like, like I said, and once again to reiterate, I'm not saying I'm perfect. This is just me observing things. Yeah. Yeah. The people that waited January first didn't want to work out that bad anyway. That was just gonna be the yeah. thing. That was their goal. That was their goal. They pretended they really wanted, but they really didn't. Because if they really wanted to get in shape that bad, like it was life or death, they would have started on December 10th when they thought of it, not on January 1st. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think if I had to be a hypocrite now and make a resolution, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, mine would probably be probably just to... Not I, this is dumb because I already don't waste a lot of time compared to most people, but probably just to literally not waste any time, which is so unrealistic. But just wasting as little time as possible. And what I mean wasting, I mean like set a schedule, set a basic plan of like what I need to do for each day and get those things done without like buffer time. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. say for a day I have work, I have podcast, and I have maybe I want to build in an hour of free time. And then, so what is that? Work would be from, you know, I don't want to work out. So workout would be from 6.30 in the morning till 7.30 in the morning. 
work from eight till five, then say I'm eating dinner from, you know, five to six, and then podcast would be seven to ten. So from six to seven, if that's my hour of free time, okay, don't mm-hmm. and say I wanted to do something. Say I wanted to like watch Netflix. Don't waste thirty to forty five minutes of your hour of free time like on my phone on YouTube, like putzing around, like not doing what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, so just like, have like a, but, a a purpose with with all your time. Correct. That's my yeah. goal. Because yeah. like, free time is important and relaxation is important, but I hate when like I have like a free day or a free couple hours and then yeah, I waste an hour of it doing something I shouldn't be doing with my free time. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. I feel like ours kind of go together, honestly, because mine's like in the sense like I don't want to be wasting time that I could be sleeping. Yeah, exactly. Where instead I'm just like looking at my phone for no reason. Or yeah, like that. It goes hand in hand with like doing a task in a longer time than it should be taking. Does that, does that yes. work correctly? Like mm-hmm. say, I, say I need to clean my room. Like say it's just a little sloppy in there. That should take 10 to 15 minutes. Don't clean it for five minutes and then get distracted on my phone for 10, then clean it for another five and then go downstairs and get food and get distracted then come back. And the next thing you know, it's 45 minutes to clean your room. You know what I mean? I hate yeah. that. I, I do that with like, I do that with homework really bad in college. I would do like, Homework that should take me like an hour or two hours would take me six because I would just procrastinate and procrastinate. I want to just like get a task done. Mm-hmm. You know, task by Check task. Check it off. Check it off the box. That's what I want to get better yep. at. That's my resolution. Yep. Which once again, I like that. once again though, you can tell I'm not that serious about it because I'm just saying it as a resolution. If I really wanted to do but, it, I would be better at it. But I'll try. I'll and try. You, and you, but you know, you probably have already started doing that. You at one point maybe had that thought that you want to be better at that and even subconsciously, I'm sure that you've started doing that like a little bit. Yeah, It's I have. not just like January 1st and now all of a sudden you're literally writing lists down and putting pen to paper and checking boxes. Yeah, I'd say I started doing that better than I had before like after I graduated because once I was out of school, I realized like, gosh, I waste so much time doing homework when I could have just did homework way faster and then like did fun right. stuff. So I guess right. like you learn from your mistakes and you realize time is precious. So, yeah. That's my it makes the it makes the fun stuff that much more fun too because when you're trying to get stuff done like important stuff mm-hmm. and you're like you know getting distracted with uh, something that might interest you a little bit more you never like fully have your attention exactly on either, exactly on either task yeah, so like when so you well do said. so even when you do actually have that time allotted like blocked out to do whatever fun thing you want. It's almost like not as fun because you're like, I've been intermittently doing yes. this throughout the whole day. So That's it's like this so is- well said. That's like exactly what I'm yeah. trying to eliminate. Because yeah, like doing homework, say you then watch a 10 minute YouTube video while you're doing homework. While yeah. you're watching that YouTube video, like your conscience isn't fully clear of the homework. It's like you're still stressed about the homework. So yeah, it's, yep. it's not a good thing to do. I need to be better yep. at like um, compartmentalizing the tasks, doing them all and keeping them all in their own lane. So that's my, that's my resolution. But I like that. We'll see. We'll see how it goes, guys. I'll give you an update in a couple months. I'm wishing you luck. And Jack, I want to hear about your sleep, your sleep uh, schedule as well in a couple months. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> All righty, Jack. Switching gears here for a second. Did you happen to make any sort of run at a championship in any of your fantasy football leagues? We're just wrapping up championship week right now. Yeah. <sighs> Unfortunately, it wasn't my year. Mm. Uh I uh, was able to make the playoffs in one of my one of my leagues. Just team just didn't have the stuff. Got hit with the COVID injury bug the last couple weeks of the season. Uh, that was tough. This was a crazy year of fantasy. Yeah, all the illnesses and injuries. It's it's you know it's kind of like a if you if you didn't win or maybe you know came close and you were second, you're probably one of those people who would say. You know, oh, this is this one doesn't count. This one has an asterisk. Yep. All the COVID yep. stuff. But to those people, I would say, you know, you gotta you gotta man up a little bit. This is what fantasy <laughs> football. This is what fantasy sports is all about. Um, you know, you got to be able to adapt. You got to manage your team, and that comes with injuries, and that comes with illness. Mm-hmm. And my my team, unfortunately, I wasn't able to do it. But I'm not making any excuses i'm not going to use that as an excuse we'll be back better than ever next year i'm in a dynasty league with some of the mlw guys i've probably talked about that Mm -hmm. uh on the pod before that team i narrowly escaped last place uh but (laughs) 
all the players are coming back, so we're looking to build on uh, that momentum. That's right. Uh, going into next year. Yeah. So yeah, how about you? Jack, well, how, how did your uh, fantasy sports season end up, Tom? Well, let me tell you something, Jack. Before I get into my my year, um, if I know anything about you, you know how to turn a franchise around, right? That's true. That's uh, true. So I have a lot of faith in Jack's uh, fantasy managing ability, and Jack knows a lot. Jack knows his football. Jack knows all of his sports, but Jack definitely knows his football. So. If I had to bet, I'd bet on Jack for for not, maybe not next year, <laughs> a, a year a year or two to come for sure in his dynasty. Rome, but here, here's here's a fun one for you, Tom. Rome wasn't built in a day, exactly. Okay? So it's not going to happen overnight. Exactly, I agree. Yeah. Um, well, I don't want to toot my own horn here, Jack, but me, the underdogs, that's my team name. We we took home the dub this year in my 12, winner winner in my twelve team league, and uh, this wow. was this was pretty special for me. You know, I'm not going to lie, fantasy. Who doesn't look forward to fantasy football every year, right? It's one of the best things. It's one of the most pure things on the planet, I think. Playing fantasy football with your fellas, it's a, it's a great thing. Very, very pure. And uh, the reason this one meant a lot to me is because last year, let's take it back a whole year, um, I'm in this league with a lot of my buddies, um, some of the Mallard guys, some other old MLW guys that were on the Seahawks too. Um, but the commissioner of this league is Noah Daverko, okay? And he's been doing it for a long time. And I think I joined this league... In 2017, I actually won that year too, but that's not the point. Last year, last year I had a pretty good team, and um, I started off the year two and zero. And every single person in my college house—Noah, the commissioner, Nate Lies was once a Mallard, Steve McPeak once a Mallard—were all like, "Tom, your team is trash. How on earth are you two and zero? Your team sucks. Blah blah yada yada, all this stuff." And I'm thinking in my head, "My team is good. I'm winning games. I'm scoring a lot of points." So last year gets played out. I led the regular season in points all year long. was number one. I think I finished fourth in the standings because of how it worked out. You know what I mean? And then I ended up mm-hmm. losing in the championship to Noah. So I was so mad because he was talking trash all year. And I think he was like, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I scored the most points. So I scored more than him throughout the year. Mm-hmm. But fantasy, the championship weekend, he had Mike Evans, who scored like 40 points against the Lions. And that, that lifted him above me. So I, was, I had a bitter taste in my mouth for... Eight months waiting for this season to come around. So the underdogs, we draft. We draft well. I like my roster. I'm thinking I got a chance here. I'm going to do it again. And the season starts, and I'm 1-3. and three. Okay, so not looking good. I'm hearing the same thing again. Your team is garbage. How on earth did you almost win last year? Yada, yada, yada. Well, then things start clicking. My team starts firing. Okay. I put up in a non-PPR league in week five, I put up 200.36 points. 200 points. I'm not certain that's not a world record on Yahoo Sports. I mean, I'm trying to load it right now so I can read off to you guys my week five performance. It was absolutely remarkable. 200.38. Listen to these numbers. Lamar Jackson, this is non-PPR. Lamar Jackson, 48. Metcalf, 21. Jamar Chase, 21. Cortland Sutton, 18. Kamara, 24. Daryl Henderson, 15. Mark Andrews, 30. Defense twelve, kicker seven, two hundred. Wow. Okay, so that I make a little noise there. Still hearing yada yada. Your team sucks. You don't score a lot. Noah loves to give me a hard time, and I I wasn't having it this year. So once again, I lead the regular season in points scored, and I finished number one. I was top seed coming into the playoffs. I squeak by my quarterfinal game, like by a field goal, barely won. It was low-scoring, ugly game, and I'm like, ah, oh, my team just doesn't have it right now. It's not looking great. And then semifinals, I put up 149, and then yesterday I put up 174 again. Wow, just demolished let's go. The last two weeks. So guess what? To everyone who said I sucked, Noah. Uh, where'd Dabrico end up? He got. He made the play. He had the eight seed in the playoffs. Lost in the oh, first yeah. round. This Dang, is, that's a lot of people that make the playoffs. I like that. This is the text that I this is the text that I sent my group. So then yesterday Noah says, Unfortunately, Tom has won a Disney championship. Winners have been paid. <laughs> See you guys next year. And then this is the text. <laughs> this is my response. I said, The underdogs were an up and down squad who came out sluggish, starting one and three and hit a lull late in the regular season. However, this team knew how to light up a scoreboard, redefining what a great week in fantasy football is. Their 200 points scored in Week 5 was rumored to be a world record, followed by a 149-point performance in the semifinals and an astounding 174 in the finale. Joe Burrow sat patiently behind Lamar Jackson all year long preparing for his time, 
and that time came in the postseason where he did not disappoint. Drew will be putting his league trophy in the same trophy case as his Heisman. Now, after leading the league in points scored for two straight years, the underdogs are looking like an elite franchise, yet they're still disrespected by their league's corrupt commissioner. Oh. Left, left, left it at that. I love it. I absolutely love it. There's no better feeling than, hey. than rising to the top in a fantasy football league. I tell you that. Hey guys, this interview might kind of seem like it came out of nowhere and is super like abruptly beginning, but that's because it kind of was. And, um, you know, I don't really know Sam, who I interview all that well. I didn't, at least until we talked on this podcast live. So that's why it kind of comes out of nowhere. There's no real great introduction of Sam, but it'll make more sense as you listen. So. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to kick it off to another little segment tonight. We actually have a special guest joining us here from outside the MLW realm of the game of wiffle ball. Please give a warm welcome to Sam Skibby, the Skibby Wiffle Ball League. Sam, how are you doing today? Good, Tommy and Jack. It's a it's a pleasure to be on. Pipe it up with you guys. I'm a longtime fan of MLW and a big fan of the Pipe It Up podcast. Never miss an episode. So excited to be on, and it's an honor to be here. That's awesome. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in every week. Really appreciate it. And um, yeah, Sam actually reached out to me saying he was interested in being on the podcast. And we have briefly met each other from time to time at some of the wiffle ball events around the country. But to be honest with you guys, we really don't know each other all too well. And uh, Jack and Sam have never met. So I figured this would be kind of a cool little intro for you guys to listen in on, as well as just to talk some wiffle ball. And for me, mostly to learn about um, Sam's background in the game. So to go all the way back to the beginning, um, sure. if you don't mind sharing with us, how old are you? I am 33. 33. So you got nine years on Jack and I. So my yep. question for you is, you're 33 now, but when did you yep. first pick up a wiffle ball? Oh, man. I mean, there's pictures of my brother and I. My brother, Gus Gibby, is four years younger than I. Um, you know, he was at the NWA tournament in United Wiffle. Um, you saw us, Tommy, mm-hmm. together on the same team. And there's pictures of us early on playing in my aunt and uncle's backyard. You know, they had an old wiffle ball and bat in their shed. And every mm-hmm. time we went over to their house, it was quite boring at their house. So, you know, we always <laughs> picked it up in the backyard together. Yeah. Um, and, but I guess you could say, quote unquote, competitively, it wasn't until 2003 okay. um, when we kind of all got together with our league founders and created the SWBL in St. Louis back in 2003. That's what I was going to say is how did that transition happen of you and your brother playing in a backyard together to then let's make a league, let's make this a little more official and structured. Because I know the fans know our story kind of and how we turned it into what it is today, but not a lot of information is out there on some of the other leagues out there in the country. So how did you guys make that transition? Sure. And it's funny enough because my little brother actually wasn't a part of the league uh, the first two years. We, We considered him to be too young. Uh, so okay. and that's, that's rich coming from, you know, a league like you guys <laughs> who started much younger than both of us did. Yeah. Um, so we actually, I actually started with three of my buddies that were on the same traveling baseball team together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were just really excited to play, you know, some continue to play a, a baseball style sport. We were just playing in the backyard of my parents' house one time, and we were sitting on the, the brick wall, uh, near, near the front of my parents' house. And we were all just looking out at my parents' one acre land. And we said, let's build a field on this. Let's invite yeah. four other guys from our baseball team and let's do a little league. We don't mm-hmm. know how big it's going to get. We don't know how long this is going to go on, but let's just have a little fun this summer. And it was actually the summer before we went to high school. So it okay. was our last year of the traveling baseball team. And we had no idea that it would have lasted this far into our lives. Like yeah. I said, I'm 33. I have mm-hmm. three kids <laughs> and um, a traveling around the country. And we, we are heading into our 20th season of wiffle ball, um, which is one of the longest running leagues in the country. And it is, is super exciting. We're heading into this anniversary season, but you look back on it, you're just like, how did this happen? You know, yeah. we were just four guys sitting down in between baseball games one time and invited four other guys to come play and mm-hmm. tip took minimal stats and it just kind of evolved. That's so interesting. 20 years. That's very impressive. That's very, crazy. Very impressive. That's awesome. Our yeah. entire lives. So at this time, though, when you created this so-called league, like when does wiffle ball on kind of a national spectrum, when does that come onto your radar? I'm assuming it's not till years after. 
It is. It was years after. I mean, it wasn't until, I mean, you guys had formed your league before I even knew there were other leagues out there, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. Mm-hmm. You know, when we when we started, we didn't have the the luxury of, you know, social media now and yeah. websites. Like we, we literally were just whatever was happening in our community and invited people that we went to high school with. And then when we got into college, we invited some of our college friends. My brother was younger, so he had his friends join in and we didn't think there was anything out there. It wasn't until 2012. 12 when the NWA tournament NWLA tournament got started mm-hmm. that we realized there's more out there and a guy named Chris Galloway reached out and said we will literally pay your way to bring you and three other guys to come play in this tournament and we really thought it was a catfish catfish situation mm-hmm. yeah I mean we had no we did not think why why is a guy paying for our travel our hotel just to come to this tournament in the middle of nowhere ohio mm-hmm. to play wiffle ball there, this has got to be a joke and we did and we met seven other leagues around the country and and from there my presence in the you know the national scene i just wanted to get to know more of how like you guys, how this sport has affected so many people around the country and how it's a big part of their lives. And it's amazing. You find people of all walks of life that come play this game. So um, it's ever since it's been a part of my life. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. That's, you know, why I wanted to have you on the show. And we had um, Trent, who, you know, on a few weeks ago, um, probably close to a month or two ago now, actually. But anyway, you know, a lot of our fan base and following, you know, things like Jack did prior, like wiffle ball starts and ends with MLW. But yeah, reality is there's people that have been doing this for years. Like you said, 20 years of wiffle ball um, in your yeah. Skibby Wiffle Ball League, which is incredible. And it's cool to see it last that long. And, you know, what I, what I want to ask you is, yeah, what's the retention been of your players? You know, you guys, a lot of you have families now, it sounds like, have careers. What's, like, how have you guys faced those challenges and conquered them? Because that's yeah. the challenge we're going to start to face, too, as we all develop our own personal yeah. lives outside of our childhood, you know? You know, I will first say, you know, like I said at the beginning, like I'm an avid MLW fan and Mm -hmm. what you guys do with your league is just simply amazing and how you structure your league, how the the videos come out and it's super exciting. And, you know, we might get to it later, but I actually was, I had Kyle in my ear and we started our, our first game of our season, our opening game. We actually created a video called game one and it is literally very much like your guys videos, okay, cool. except it's just one game mm-hmm. and it's, um, it's, it's every pitch. So it's okay. not just the last pitch of the at bat, but it's the full broadcast breakdown. Cool. So, you know, watching all those things, but we just could not do that. You know, we, we, we can't have that full summer league anymore with mm-hmm. families, with, with kids, with all the, we're, we're just grown adults now with all yeah. these different responsibilities that, and again, we never thought this league would last so far, but we used to be a full summer league, you know, all the way through high school into my college years, we were a full summer league. And it wasn't until 2012, coincidentally from the end of the tournament, okay. but it wasn't until 2012 that we actually transitioned to a full season in one weekend. We actually play 55 games of wiffle ball in four days from four o'clock PM on Friday of Memorial day weekend to 5 PM on Monday when our championship is. So we, it is like wiffle Woodstock. We've had players from around the country that have come. Yeah. It's, it's a really cool event. And you talked about retention. It's weird when somebody retires from the SWBL. It's just strange because Mm -hmm. these are our friends that we have grown up with, like community members that have seen it and have joined in, connections from people. People always ask, why did you name a wiffle ball league after yourself? You know, Mm -hmm. back in the day, it wasn't always the Skibby Wiffle Ball League. It was the Summer Wiffle Ball League. But we were like, that's just too generic. You know, Uh let's change it up. And everybody was like, well, to be honest, to play in this league, you kind of have to know Sam or Gus. Like, why Mm -hmm. not just keep the S? and do the Skibby Wiffle Ball League. And it is, it's all those connections we made. When we went to the NWA tournament and other national places around the country, we started pulling in people. You know, Trent Steffes and his brother have played in our league. A lot of guys from Minnesota, Tyler Flackney, Jimmy Cole, Mm-hmm. A lot of big names from around the country have come to play in the SWBL and they will agree that it's just, it's a weekend event unlike any other. It, mm-hmm. it really is. And we have an all-star game. We have a home run derby. We have a skills competition. We have awards, sponsorships. We have a 10 game regular season for nine teams. Five teams make playoffs, full playoffs. I mean, we video every game. We have media day interviews. I mean, it is the full gamut of what you guys do just Mm -hmm. condensed in four days. And that's why retention is so great because people just wait 361 days to get to those four days. I got to say, there's something about you guys who are older than I am that just seem to love 
throwing as many possible pitches as <laughs> in a short period of time, which I will never understand. But in that case, I do understand because it's the retention of players thing. And, you know, like you said, everyone has lives. So yeah. I didn't know that. That's very yeah. interesting. And um, I'm yeah. glad it's working out so far. It's more far. about the camaraderie than the competition, right? Oh, yeah. That's, it's, for us, it's all it's all about the, the fun and getting – getting all the guys together for four days mm-hmm. and their families come. My parents, like I said, one acre in the backyard, the field is like sacred ground. You know, they yeah. built a pool down the third baseline so they didn't get into mm-hmm. the the field of play. Um, so we've been adding to the field as we go along year after year. And it's just something to get everybody together. It kind of like a reunion of sorts every year. No. Yeah. You need that. Like, I mean, I'm yeah. only 22 and I noticed it's already getting harder and harder as people move away and yeah. get jobs, careers, lives. So that's awesome. You guys have used wiffle ball as kind of your outlet to get everybody together once a year. People, you know, book that as their vacation, bring everything together. Yeah. So I like that. Um, So outside of the camaraderie, I guess that's your league, but on the national scale, what do you think is like your favorite part of wiffle ball as a whole and how it's impacted your life? You know, it was, shoot. I mean, it was early on 2012, 2013, when I actually started working with a guy named John Converse. And John Converse actually started in 2006. He started something called the NWLA, the National Wiffle League Association. Mm -hmm. And then it transitioned into what's now called National Wiffle. And me, along with a couple other guys, kind of run National Wiffle. And it's been really exciting to, I mean, obviously, MLW cleaned house at the most recent Wiffy Awards, (laughs) you know, Jimmy Norp getting two awards on his own. Um, in the Wiffy Awards, but it's just something fun to to kind of connect people through this game. And that's one thing that I've really loved to do is get to know people, get to know personalities, get to know like you guys are doing backstories of why they started playing this game. Um, I started the other the podcast called Holy Commutes. Um, oh, yeah. If you guys have heard of that one, mm-hmm. it's that it's on the National Wiffle Network. And um, Holy Commutes is that you know once every three months of the year it's monday through friday there's a show going on like a radio show and we wanted to do that just because it it just adds more excitement to the the off-season times you know for everything so Mm -hmm. i've tried to find different ways to kind of make wiffle ball relevant um in people's lives or in you know the off seasons or in between seasons and just try to connect people outside of their leagues I love the connection to this game. It's so such a simple game, and it's the plastic ball and the plastic bat. These are kids' games. You can find it for five ninety nine mm-hmm. in any re- big retail stores, and it's brought these adults like yourselves and us and our mm-hmm. friends all together. So, um, my favorite part of the national scene is just getting to know people. Competition wise, though, I'm sure we'll get to that. It's it's a lot of fun to see how you stack up against other leagues. It just is because you know you have your own league and there's so much competition. But it's just fun to see how you stack up against people around the country too. Yeah, but it sounds like in your case the competition is very important. But at the end of the day, what you remember the most about your years playing and years to come is just the relationships you've made. Definitely, and I think that's Definitely that's true for a lot of us too. You know, we want to win. You can see it in the videos. You see it when we go to the oh, national yeah. tournaments. How competitive it is. But um, I think even some of the biggest rivalries, there's a lot of hate among some of these leagues, I know for sure. But it seems like at the end of the day, everyone looks forward to getting together, you know, maybe it's once a year, twice a year for these larger tournaments and just seeing people reconnecting through, you know, like you said, a simple game that (laughs) anyone can play for the most part. But it's gotten very competitive over the years. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, too, and I asked this to Trent as well. Um, but I always it's always interesting for me to hear, too, is um, you say you're an avid MLW fan. So. For someone who's been a lo- around, you know, longer than us, playing this game, um, trying to grow the community, um, growing the community, and being a big part of it, you know, on the surface level, like what stands out to you about MLW, and why do you think it has gotten to where it's gotten? Obviously, it, you know, there are so many times where, you know, back in the day, you know, before I became like a huge fan of you guys, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. everybody knew who you were, and you're like, man, these little like 10 year old kids are like just dominating the wiffle <laughs> world. Like, I was like, we're like, you know, 20 some years, we could crush these kids, mm-hmm. you know, with, 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 and, but it wasn't, you start to dig deeper into the league, and you start to dig deeper into why this connection with MLW is so important to its fans. And it's a lot of times it's seeing you guys grow up, right? Mm-hmm. It's been so interesting 
being a fan and being an outsider to your guys league, but literally watching some of you grow up. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I've known Jack for a couple of years now, just from watching yeah. wiffle ball videos, you know, you get mm-hmm. to know people's personalities and you get to really connect. And that's what I love about Kyle's videos and uh, you know what you guys do um, in showing your product is just so much more interesting than you know, a random wiffle ball game that you find from a different league, you actually can see people's personalities in MLW and you see how they grow um, into not just wiffle ball players, but as people too. So it's been really interesting, you know, from the beginning, Tommy, like you can go back and watch your beginnings of your career and seeing you as an adult now, and then getting to meet you guys in person too, in other national tournaments. It's just something that is unprecedented and there are a lot of leagues that try to imitate and emulate what you guys do, but you guys doing it first and you guys doing it so well, I think it's really set the tone and really grown the sport in more ways than any other league could do. And that's what really has resonated with me, with you guys. And that's why I've become such an avid fan. Well, I mean, per usual in these interviews, Tommy always does a great job asking these questions. He really covers all the bases, no pun sure. intended. But, uh, um, you know, obviously your league has been around for, for a long time. Um, you know, what are, what do you think were some critical factors, uh, that allowed your league to, to last this long? And what do you think would be some critical things for your league going forward, you know, another 20 years or, uh, just wiffle ball as a whole to be able to grow the sport? I think it's important not to get complacent, like, right, right. In any, in anything you do in life, but it's, it's important to not be complacent, not be that dictator, you know, as the quote unquote commissioner of your league and also make sure that you are providing opportunities for people to buy in to what you guys are doing. Right. So, uh, MLW, I know does a great job of that. You know, we, we've tried to really get people to buy into the culture at SWBL as well. And from that buy-in, not only for our weekend, but also throughout other tournaments that we would attend and things like that too. Obviously the one thing, like I talked about earlier, that really helped our league in longevity was making a huge change from the full summer, condense that league down to those yeah. four days at Memorial Day weekend. And it's something, like I said, that it just this built up energy and excitement for 361 days of the year just to let it all out for four days. And it's we will continue to change. We will continue to add things every year. It seems like we're coming up with some new change that needs to happen. And even this year, we have three new rule changes. You know, 20 years later, we have three (laughs) rule changes going on. And they're not huge. They're not going to change the game or anything. But we've kind of broken our league down in different eras, right? We've had a two-player era. Then it was three-man teams. Now it's four-man lineups, and you can have unlimited rosters, right? So, like, it's been broken down into different eras. So I think that change And like I said, not getting complacent is something that's very important. I also think, too, it's making sure that you are friends outside of the game, right? Making sure you get to know your league members. There are guys that I never would have met if it hadn't been for somebody that I may have known brought in another guy. Mm -hmm. And now they're some of my best friends, right? So it's it's about making those friendships and those connections and having that strong foundation. And it's about making it more than just the game, you know, outside of our lives, we attend each other's weddings. We go to, we help each other out when people are struggling in whatever that's going on in life. It's just a, it's kind of that foundation of friendship and that foundation that, you know, you have each other's back to. So I think as you go through life and, I know you guys are going to continue to go through um, life together in this MLW realm, but also in life outside of MLW too. Like I would totally recommend just continuing to keep in touch with everybody, no matter where people end up in their lives. Cause I think that's going to be a huge connection that the sport can continue to bring. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I loved, I loved all of that. I, I hope that when I'm 33, I just turned 23. I hope when I'm 33, we're still uh we're still playing wiffle ball. I think being yeah. adaptable is uh, is very important, like you said. So it is, and that's what and that's what makes the longevity reason right. Like we we fully expect this league to last for season fifty because mm-hmm. we know that our kids are going to take over. We already have some players that have kids that are 10, 11 years old, getting close to the time when we started this league. So you know yep. that that's there's so going to be 
there's going to be that time where that changeover happens. You know, I have um, two boys and, and a girl here at home and, you know, I eventually want to hand the reins off. We're going to be those old guys, you know, sitting there in lawn chairs, going, <laughs> go harder, you know, yeah. managing the, being the GMs of the teams, you know, so it's, it's, it's change is going to happen. That's awesome. It, yeah. We're really excited to see where, where this journey takes us. Yeah. That's really cool. Very cool. It's cool to hear your perspective on it. And um, I mean, I feel like before I know it, I'm going to be 33 too, but I feel like I got, I feel like <laughs> you are, uh, yeah, I'm sure it does. It's crazy. I'm thinking a lot right now as you speak, yeah. <laughs> but I appreciate you. Take, um, take your time guys. Yeah, gosh, <laughs> someone slow this thing down. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, but no, it's definitely cool to hear your perspective. Um, and like you're very well spoken and just, even though, like I said, nine years is going to go fast. It does give you time, you know, to reflect on a lot of things. It seems like you've yep. learned a lot. Um, you've gone through a lot just from, you know, yes. wiffle, wiffle ball is just the base of everything, but what's come from yeah. that in terms of the relationships, the experiences, the life lessons, it seems like is, uh, it's been a lot for you, which I think we'd agree yeah. with too, especially, especially Kyle and then me and then everyone else involved too. But like, you know, we've learned a lot just from, well, it's kind of cool to say too, like, you know, change happens in your life. Right. But wiffle mm-hmm. ball has been like that constant, right. Yeah. It's it's kind of, it's kind of strange to say that this kid's plastic game has been the constant in someone's life, but you can always count on Memorial day weekend. The SWBL is going to be hosting a season and it's that constant in all of our lives that, you know, we know for these four days, we can all come together and be together again, no matter what we're going through in any parts of our lives too. So yeah, wiffle ball has been the constant. That's awesome. Yeah, some you said you guys used to play when you were, you know, in your I think you said aunt and uncle's backyard. Yeah. Uh, I know you guys have changed a lot since then, but one thing's for sure is that bat and ball, that design hasn't changed much no, in the last 30 no. years. American so, made, yep. born and bred, right? It's awesome. So that's pretty cool. Awesome. Well, thank you. Um I wanted to ask you one more question too. This is a bonus sure. question for Pipe It Up. Bonus. Um cuz Kyle wanted me to bring it up cuz Kyle's a big fan of Survivor. And I I have been yep. too for quite some time. And um, I think a lot of people, yeah, this is relevant too, because I think a lot of our fans um, that listen to this show are not only, you know, want to do wiffle ball or make a wiffle ball league, but are also interested in just, you know, pursuing a dream and pursuing a goal, a lot of what MLW has been built on. So um, Sam has been trying to become a contestant on the show Survivor for, I want to say, close to a decade now, if not a decade. Yeah, you know, Survivor, just like wiffle ball, has kind of been, it's, it's kind of funny how, the SWBL and Survivor started the same year. That you know, is funny. We've been running. We've been running for twenty years. You mm-hmm. know, and obviously Survivor is. You know, they started a little bit sooner than the SWBL, but they they're on. Um, you know, season forty three coming up um, for for Survivor, and it's. It's, it's kind of crazy how SWBL and Survivor have kind of mirrored each other as they've kind of evolved. And it's just been a part of my life also that I watch every single Wednesday at seven o'clock for the, every Survivor season. I've rewatched all the seasons and I've taken notes in a little journal that I've just like kind of gone through strategies. Like I have it all ready to go. I'm run Survivor fantasy leagues and um, cool. I've, I've auditioned, auditioned. I've sent in a, a, mm-hmm. you know, a video four times. Um, I'm on my fourth different audition tape and without revealing too much, I can tell you I've gotten very close and That's cool. it's very fresh. It's very frustrating to get so close and then not get a phone call. Um, Jeff Propes, the host of Survivor, has tweeted at me and mm-hmm. said that he, he sent me on to casting um, in a tweet and he uh, you know, having that interaction with somebody that you watch on TV and yeah. kind of have grown up with was a really cool opportunity that I thought would would play out. And I'm not giving up, you know, I, yeah, I'm going to exactly. keep going. I'm going to. And and like you said, that dream and that pursuing that dream. And now I have a family and, you know, something more that I can play for. And, you know, I've grown as a person and I kind of mm-hmm. have seen how Survivor maybe didn't see that I was ready in those first couple audition mm-hmm. videos. And maybe now is my time. So mm-hmm. I'll continue to keep going. Jeff Propes, if you're listening to the Pipe It Up MLW podcast, <laughs> know that Sam Skibby is ready to play. Yes, well, indeed. I don't want to be see overly optimistic, but I'm telling you right now, you're going to be on Survivor at some point in time. I'm very confident yeah. in that. Um, I think you are too. I think we all know it. I can literally picture you with your little <laughs> Sam and your cool font and your profession, <laughs> Wiffle Ball slash yep. Yeah, Wiffle career. Ball enthusiast. Yep, yep right? exactly. Right It'll happen. I'm, within the next five years, you'll be on. But what I, I wanted to say Keep is I think um, what people can learn from you in the short time that I've known you, you know, this 20-minute conversation is that um, number one is that you are you don't let your passions be shadowed. 
by, I guess, like an ego necessarily. Like you're clearly passionate about wiffle ball, and you've gone to great lengths to continue to do it and make it happen for your group, your league, the people you love. And sure. then number two is that um, you don't quit. You don't give up, <laughs> which, which they go hand in hand. You know what I mean? In order to get what you want, in order to, you know, fill that hunger of your passions, you have to just keep going and going and going. And um, I think, you know, for Kyle and everyone involved in MLW, we truly think this is only, you know, we're just scratching the surface as to how much um, visibility this league can really get. So I think yeah. that applies to your life as well. And um, like I said, I'm, I'm positive you're going to make it on the show. It's just a matter of when. Well, and what I love, too, about, you know, Kyle and the passion and all you guys and their passion, too, is you guys can tell, like you said, it's not so much about winning that cup, right? It's not so mm -hmm. much about winning that trophy, but it's about the the people that mm -hmm. you can connect with and the passion that you're showing with just you guys connecting with you guys, connecting with your fans and seeing how it can maybe change their life or make it a little bit better. Whether it's from a purely entertainment value or mm -hmm. maybe you start a trend that maybe starts a friendship that they will have for the rest of their lives when they start their own league, whatever mm -hmm. it might be. So it's all about the people for sure. That's why I'm in the game. Awesome. Sam, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, it's been a pleasure getting to know you a little bit, and I think uh, Jack and I enjoy talking to you. Uh, we'll have to have Definitely. you on again sometime. I think we're just getting started yeah. here in our forming our relationship, I should say. Definitely. I'm, I'm ready to be on during an MLW season so okay. we can talk more MLW. That's right. You know? I'm really excited to see the Mallards off-season, Tommy. I'm really excited to see what you're going to do. Oh, sweating you're already. Shaking your head. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack, I cannot wait to see the magic grow and grow because I know you guys are going to be dominating here soon. I, I just know it's going to be a Cinderella season for you guys coming up soon. I hope so. I hope so. I appreciate it. I can't wait. We'll have you. We'll have to have you on again. Uh, you know, mid season. Maybe by that time, you might be. We might be seeing you on TV for the next Survivor Who season. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> if, if you disappear, I'll know exactly why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah. Uh, don't show up to a national tournament. Or don't show up to a, one of my own SWBL seasons. People are going to know something's yeah, up. Yeah. We're sure. going to know. Yeah. I won't spoil it, but I'll, I'll know in my head. But <laughs> yeah. Thanks again, Sam. I really appreciate it, and uh, we'll, we'll talk soon. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Sam. All right, big shout-out to Sam Skibby. What an interesting phone call that was. Learned a lot. Um, enjoyed having him on the show. So thanks again, Sam. For those of you tuning in, thanks again for listening to another fantastic episode of Pipe It Up. It's a pleasure and I, Jack, to be back here in 2022. Um, going to be a great year of this podcast, of MLW as a whole, and I hope it's a great year for all of you guys as well. But for now, we're signing off. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.